Welcome to episode two of the Second Summit podcast with Alan Burgess and Dan Maycover. How's it going, Al? Oh, 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 I'm sore. That's how it's going. I flipped that tire and flipped that tire. This workout, I know when you say as many rounds as possible, I'm getting ready to get beat up. But, you know, I feel good. I feel good. I really do because I did the workout. When I do what I set out to do, I feel better. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. Can you walk us through that workout, Al? Well, I open it up because I have this big tractor tire out behind a gym not too far from my house. So the workout was pretty straightforward. And I love this workout because it's one of those challenge your mind and self-will type workouts where you had me flip that tire five times, five squat jumps, five polymetric push-ups, and five burpees, and just do that as many times as possible in 45 minutes. And I can picture you, too. I can picture you going 30, uh, no, 45. And I I just suppose... That if whoever's training you, whoever's giving you your workouts, if you're happy with him right in the middle of your workout, then he's not doing a good job. And I was not happy with you around 20 minutes. (laughs) No, you're on to something there, Al. You're exactly right. When I was writing that workout, I think I wrote in 30 minutes to start. And then I kind of shook my head. 60 minutes. Yeah. And then I was like, no, that's that's too much. He's not going to go that hard for 60 minutes. We're hitting 45 minutes. <laughs> I know you. I know you, and I know how you think. And I know that you get a pleasure out of picturing me. I'm glad that you're not there with me, because I probably would call you soon. I was dirty. I was sweating. I pick up the tire, right? It's got ants all over it. I'm like, oh, damn. I got to tell you this part, too, because I know you like this. I do two rounds of it. I turned my stopwatch on and I just set it and let it go and said, I'll just periodically peek back on. I'm going to have to breathe here and there anyway. So I go through two rounds of it. And I'll tell you, after I flip that tire, then try and do them polymetric pushups. I guess that was next tire, polymetric pushups, squat jumps. And then I know you love to end everything with burpees. I got done doing two rounds of it. I said, I'm not going to just stare at that. I go over and look, man, it's been a while. Five Minutes had gone by after two rounds. (laughs) I got seven in, and and I pushed it because I always picture myself not wanting to tell you I couldn't go any further. Whether you even have to ask it or not, I feel like the next question is, well, did you collapse? (laughs) Right. What do you mean by couldn't go any further? And it works well doing it that way. So I just kept going at it, and I ended up completing seven full rounds. I was at 40 minutes. I went and flipped that tire five more times. Then I was at 43.30, and I said, yeah, that's good enough. I couldn't do anymore. <laughs> I could just barely. On those clap push-ups, I could just barely. The last three, I didn't even get my hands all the way together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, that ties right into what we were talking about on the last episode that I wanted to cover a little bit more today was fitness as an analogy for life and you said when you think about it before you even want to tell me that you couldn't do anymore you didn't want to have to answer the question well did i collapse 
was I physically unable to do any more? And it plays right into what we're talking about and why I think fitness is such a great analogy for life is that it's all about controlling what you can control, taking control of those things that are within your power. Because you, during that workout, had the ability to walk across the street and go take a shower and be done with the workout at 40 minutes. But you didn't. You deliberately made a choice. I'm going to start flipping that tire again. Because you took your world and you owned it. And I think that that habit is so underrated. If you take that principle and you apply it to anything that you're working on, there's no way you lose. Another thing that we talked about last time that I really want to dive a little bit deeper into is why do we wait until Monday? Everybody does it. I've never met a person that wasn't starting their new diet on a date that they said that they were going to start it. Yeah, I'm going to start on Monday. How many times have you heard somebody say that? So what I want to dive into a little bit deeper in this discussion is why. Why is it that people want to put off their goals? Because that's exactly what you're doing. If it's Wednesday and you want to lose weight and you're saying that you're going to start your diet on Monday, why don't you think it's important enough to start it right now? I think that people need to build themselves up. I need to get in the right mindset to accomplish this thing that I want to do. And that allows me to have a clear entry into my goal. August 1st, I'm not going to eat sugar anymore. I'm not going to eat sweets starting August 1st. And that's a clear entry point. That's the start of me working on my goal. And here's the problem with that, is that if I have a clear starting point for my goal, That implies that there's an end to it. Here's the thing. If losing weight is what you're trying to do, then it doesn't make sense to binge eat until Monday. It makes sense to make that a permanent change and something that that is going to stay with you for a long time. Slow, deliberate changes will last longer than sharp, sudden changes. We've all known that person that did the crash diet and lost 30 pounds in two weeks. Well, what happens? That comes right back and it comes back fast. And the person that's doing it right and losing one pound a week in one year, they're head and shoulders away from that person that did that crash diet. The tortoise and the hare. And it always comes back to that way of thinking too, doesn't it? Changing lifestyles over changing right now. And that whole starting Monday thing, Makes it awful easy to to just sit around on the couch today, doesn't it? We say, I'm going to start Monday, so today it's okay that I'm just going to sit here, watch TV, eat this half gallon of ice cream, and this is how I will talk myself out of feeling bad about anything I'm not doing because I know what's going to happen on Monday. And that way of thinking really can lead you down some dark paths. Yes. And the more you believe that, the worse it is. Well, I know I've done it before. I've dropped a bunch of weight before. This donut's not going to hurt anybody. And you're you're right in a way that that donut's not going to hurt anybody if it's one donut. But that's the problem that it's not. If you are eating consistently a healthy diet and working out a bunch and you're at a healthy weight, one donut is not going to put you over the over the top. But if you're on an all donut diet, there's a high probability that you're not in very good shape. 
Yeah, and you can gain a lot of perspective coming to the realization that you're the easiest person to lie to. To myself, because I want to believe it. Hey, Alan, I'm going to lie to you, and you're going to want to believe it. So we're in this together. When I tell you the lie, you believe it, and we'll get along great that way. I found this in the world of drugs, Dan so hard so many times where i have always said i'll tell you you want to know when the easiest time to quit doing drugs is right after you've done some drugs you go there now i quit as of tomorrow and that's a great lie to tell yourself putting it off putting it off because now you can justify spending money you don't have you can justify wasting the rest of your day because you know what you're gonna do tomorrow Problem with that is tomorrow never comes. When we start thinking about starting to change our life, we got to start thinking about right now. Because if we don't, we're just engaging in self-sabotage. And we've all been there. I'm certainly not throwing stones. I work hard at not living that life. The best I can do is just recognize when I'm doing it. That's the best way to go about it. If you're waiting right now to become a person that you want to be, whether that means you want to be someone that wakes up early in the morning, you want to be someone that eats healthy, you want to be someone that is productive during the day. That doesn't make any sense to start on Monday. Let's start right now. Because if you're saying that you're going to start on Monday or August 1st or January 1st, then what you're really saying is that it's not important enough for you to make a permanent change. That change is going to be temporary. You're making excuses and you're lying to yourself about who you actually want to be. You like the idea of who you would be if you woke up early, but you don't really like it unless you're waking up early. The proof is in the pudding, right? You prove what you believe through your actions. So with that being said, we've talked about how we're not going to wait for Monday. We're not waiting for January 1st. I don't need a, a life milestone, whether that's a start of week, month, year, deployment, whatever the case might be. I don't need a milestone to start being successful at whatever I choose to be and to achieve my goals. So with that, what makes a good goal? That's a very interesting question. And a simple question that there's a lot to unpack because you need to understand going into it what you even want. And that can be harder to identify than you might think. Where do we start, Dan? When you think of making a goal, do you think of, oh, the greatest thing you want to be? Or do you think of the next thing you want to be? I think to be a good goal, can't lose sight of either one of those things. You have to look at both. I think that you want to start big. I think you need to know who you are and who you want to be in order to make a goal that aligns with that. Now, I think that's where we come into the difference between goals and character, right? My character is who I am and who do I want to be? Well, my, I create goals to achieve the kind of character that I want to have. Does that make sense? It does make a lot of sense. And it, and it touches me to my heart when you say that. People that know me consider me an honest person. I've never been considered a thief or anything like that. So when I thought about lying to my wife, not telling her if I was 
using a substance or something like that. Oh, well, we just didn't tell the wife exactly what was going on. We we really went to the strip club, but we just told her we went to the bar. And these lies that are easy to justify, my first main goal in my early recovery was simply, I'm not going to tell any more lies. I'm not going to lie anymore. And a goal like that changes the way I live my life. Because without the permission to have a white lie, I have to do things when no one's looking a certain way. And that takes me right to my character. When you can have a goal like that, that changes your lifestyle, it's very important to you. It hits you where it counts. Yeah, and I think that you want to be deliberate about that too. Because how many times have you had a goal or heard of somebody with a goal that said... I want to do this. And you ask them why, and they can't answer that question. And, oh. and I, I mean, I told my story last podcast about benching 300 pounds. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, why do you want to bench 300 pounds? You probably would have gotten a shoulder shrug and say, well, cause I know I can already bench two, two ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't have a good reason until, until I redefined that for myself. Well, I want to be strong. I want to be a capable human. And that to me means being a strong person physically. And when we get into my goals a little bit, I'll dive a little deeper on why I think that those kind of goals are important for me personally and how those align with my character. It's very easy to set a goal that's actually somebody else's. Well, my goal is to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's my goal in life. Well, and same thing, you get that question of why, well, because that would be really cool. You have to ask yourself when you decide to set a goal, will I stop at nothing until I get this goal? Will I focus everything I have on this goal? If not, maybe it's a goal for the future. Maybe it's not the right now goal. You mentioned something about achieving somebody else's goal. And I think a great example of that that we see so often right now is going to college. We grew up in a small town, right? We've got a lot of trades people and they're very successful, the small business owners and everything. How many of those people have a college degree and how many of those that don't are very successful? A lot. It's very common around here. If you rewind time and you ask their parents when they were in middle school, if they wanted their children to go to college, I think that you would have heard a resounding yes. Oh, yeah. On top of that, if you take a person that's mechanically inclined, they're a car guy. Everyone that's ever met this guy knows he wants to be a car mechanic. But mom and dad want him to go to college for four years because you can't get a good job without a degree, right? So that person that's mechanically inclined like that, that's forced into that college situation that doesn't want to achieve that goal, what happens to them? What happens to a person when they're trying to achieve someone else's goal for them. It, it's a recipe for failure. And in this case, the stakes are high. Usually yeah. these people will walk out of college with a degree, maybe, maybe not. I don't know what the stats are on that. But I would be willing to bet that they have a lot of debt and that they basically have a mortgage with no home. And they're going to be paying that off for a long time. And then they go out and they start their mechanic job. Yeah, because they followed a path that they thought was what was supposed to be theirs right they said this is what i've been taught and that is such a good example of a bad goal we've so we've talked about bad goals 
And we've talked a little bit about what makes a goal good. And I think it, what we're trying to say here is at the heart of this discussion, what makes a goal good is that it helps you become the person that you want to be. I think at the very core of that question, what is a good goal? Well, does it make you who you want to be? I think it's as simple as that. There's a ton of theories and philosophies out there. You can Google this. It's the SMART goals, all these different acronyms that are in the leadership and business world about goal setting. But does it make you become the person that you want to be? I think that's what I believe a good goal is. Man, how does your goal make you feel? How does it make you feel when you think about your goal? When you think about accomplishing your goal, does it fill you up? Does it send you to this place in your mind that says, I'm going for this, and this is my plan of how I'm going to get there, and I don't care who says you can't do it or you won't do it or I don't believe in you, you know that's what you're going to do. That's a good goal. When you feel it to your soul, you say, I believe in this so much, I'm willing to go alone. One of my greatest feelings, to this day, Dan, comes from talking to you. And it's just the truth. When I say it right now, and it's probably going to have no meaning to anybody else, but it'll send a shiver right up my back. When I say the words to myself, what are you going to do now? Those words mean so much to me and so clearly define my goal. What are you going to do now? This is what you've done. You can't take that back. We can sit here all day and we can think about what's happened what we regret, or we can ask this question, what are you going to do now? And when you asked me that, what are you going to do now? That was the beginning of my life starting to change. Well, I guess I'm going to go find out how to recover. Well, how do you recover? I don't know. But I bet you if I make it my goal, I bet if I make it that I'll stop at nothing to achieve it, I'll get there. And here we sit, me and you together discussing things like this setting goals and reaching them yes and there's two things i want to say about that before we move on is one i believe that when i said that i said what are we gonna do next <laughs> oh my friend <laughs> <laughs> because you weren't alone and that was the message i wanted to send when i use those words i use them specifically what are we gonna do next because we had been through this journey all together <laughs> And the second thing that I wanted to bring up was, do you remember when we were at Gold's Gym and we were playing racquetball? I sure do. You beat me. You're still not happy, <laughs> Well, you know, now that you mention it, yeah, I think I did. But I, Funny you bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, you, you got me. Guilty as charged. But <laughs> what I remember talking about after the racquetball match was I'm down here in South Carolina. And I have the privilege of teaching young sailors how to become nuclear trained electricians. They are young, they're impressionable, and I like to send them a message. And what I tell them early in their careers is that nobody plans to be out of shape, jobless, broke. <laughs> nobody plans for that kind of stuff. That's just what happens when you have a lack of a plan. When we were talking about that, on the racquetball court, I remember saying to you that you didn't have a plan not to go down that path that you did. I remember that so clearly. 
I still reference back to those conversations. And you are exactly right. I have to circle back for just a second. It was, what are we going to do now? And we have been at this for a long time. One thing that you did want me to do was build birdhouses. And if if anybody out there that has gone through recovery and has done it by building birdhouses, I encourage you to email and tell Dan because he would really appreciate that. He wants to know that somebody out there built birdhouses. Well, all I'm saying is is that's a good hobby. You know what I mean? (laughs) Somebody (laughs) built a birdhouse for Dan. Not me. Not this guy. I didn't want to build birdhouses. But I was interested in working out and bettering myself. And this idea that what if I just had a plan not to? Because before my plan was, ah, it'll be all right. I got to come a long ways before it finally brought me to my knees. But this idea of what if you just had a good plan not to? It's like, you know, what is my plan not to? And I still reference back to that when things start to feel like they're not going well for me or I'm in a bad mood or put a bad couple days together. I'm not feeling that great. I think to myself, what is my plan? And if I don't have a plan, I better get a plan. And that comes from that way of thinking that can shape a sailor into a chief, can shape an addict into recovery. It really goes full circle. It applies to everyone. What is my plan not to? I think that's a good summary of what we think makes a good goal. Let's get into it, Al. Let's talk about what our goals are. I'll give you three categories that I have here. And these are really categories of who I want to be, the kind of person that I want to be. So these are really speaking to my character. One is that I want to be the best husband and father that I'm capable of being. The other is that I want to be the healthiest person that I can be. And that, that relates, right? It relates to the first one because if I'm healthy, I'm around longer. And the reason I didn't separate husband and father is because those work together as well. I can't be a good husband without being a good father. And I can't be a good father without also being a good husband. So I think that those things go hand in hand. The other thing, because I could look back and I could look at all of my goals and anything that I wanted to be, I wanted to be successful in my career. Okay, well, that helps me be a better husband and a better father. Okay, well, that makes sense because I can support them and I can do this. So those are career related goals. Uh, healthiest person I could be. Okay, well, that means I'm eating right and I'm, and I'm working out and this and that. I've also had these goals that I want to lift a heavy weight. I want to lift 300 pounds. And I couldn't say that that made me a better husband or father. And I couldn't say that that makes me any healthier than I was when I could bench 285. I think the category that I was missing was pushing my own limits. I think that's the kind of person that I want to be. I want to be the best husband and father that I'm capable of being. I want to be the healthiest person that I can be. And I want to push, I want to continue to push my own limits. So those are very broad, right? And if you look up the definition of the smart goal, that is, I do not believe that they fall into that. That's more of like who I want to be long-term. Now, the goals that I've set up are, I think, a little more aligned, right? So to be the best husband and father that I'm capable of being, I want to be more present. I want to be more in the moment. I don't want to be looking at my phone. 
I don't want to be checking my emails. I don't want to be scrolling through Facebook when my wife's trying to talk to me. Here's an example. A few days ago, I was outside and I was watching my daughters. I got two daughters. They're three years old. Yeah, twins, Hannah and McKenna. And they, they said, Daddy, Daddy, swim, swim. Okay. So we put their bathing suits on and we go outside. And they they set me up. They tell me where to put my chair so I can watch them the way that they want me to watch them. And they throw their babies in the pool, their little doll babies. And they say, oh, no, baby, I'll, I'll save you. And then they jump in the pool, and that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and that that will go on for hours. So naturally, you know, I've got my phone out there with me. And one of my daughters, Hannah, walked up to me. While I was outside, it was a beautiful day. I'm outside watching my daughter swim in my little blow-up pool out back. Just, and I should be taking that all in. But I, was, I, I don't even remember what I was doing. That's how insignificant it was. Is that I don't remember what I was doing. It was not important. But my daughter came up to me and said, Daddy, phone. And she pointed and phone over there and she pointed to my pocket my three-year-old uh-huh. daughter was telling me to put my phone away to get off my phone are you kidding me <laughs> i need to become more present it's not enough to just be there time is so valuable and if oh. you spend it off in la la land or in social media or doing whatever instead of spending quality time with those that you love, then you're going to look back eventually and you're going to be disappointed with those decisions. So that is one of my goals. And I think that I can measure that by tracking my cell phone usage. Honestly, the last two months, my cell phone usage has gone like through the roof. I get these little notifications that says screen time. I'll use my cell phone when I go on a run. And if I go and run for 30 minutes, it counts that 30 minutes. But you can also dig into the details of it and it will tell you how much time you spent on each app. The majority is not Nike Run Club. We had a weigh-in and it was, they call it a mock physical fitness assessment or a mock body composition analysis where what that means is that it doesn't count against you if you fail, but you can be put on FAP and you can be put on all this stuff. And I weighed in at 214 pounds and I'm five foot seven. And that is on the order of the heaviest that I've ever been. Like I said before, I think that the heaviest I've actually been was maybe two or three pounds heavier than that around my wedding time. Yeah. And it just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, I'm like two years into shore duty. I should, I should be killing it. This and that. And it really decided I I really needed I decided right then that I needed to make a change. That really changed even the way that I look at eating. Because I've always liked working out. I've always worked out quite a quite often. But what I've never done is I've never changed my eating habits. I've never really taken that extra step because my thing has always been, well, I work out enough that I that I can just eat whatever I want. That was great when I was 20. I'm 35 (laughs) now. (laughs) That doesn't work Um, anymore. (laughs) So 
here's the mentality shift that I've had so far in my journey of weight loss is now I eat because I have to. I eat as fuel for my body. My body needs fuel because I work out and I'm active and I eat with a purpose. I eat with the purpose of fueling my body. I don't eat because it feels good. I don't eat because that thing tastes really good. I don't eat now because it's just there. When it's just there, I don't eat because I don't need to. Or if I'm just a little bit hungry, I don't need to eat. Guess what? You can go days without eating. You don't have to, right? And your body's an important enough thing to really be deliberate with what you're putting into it. I've never looked at it that way. So I'm going to start looking at it that way. Uh, right now, I weigh 198 pounds. So I'm already down a little bit, but we'll call it my fighting weight is about 185. And that, that's where I want to go. You know, I'm not dead set on that number. If I hit 187, that's, that's pretty good. But I'd like to get down to 185. But really, the goal is to lose some weight so I'm a healthier person. And my last one, and here, here it goes. This is the scary one for me, Al. Mm-hmm. Is, here it comes. Yep. I want to wake up early consistently. <laughs> and the reason that that is scary for me is because I've been saying that I want to wake up early for probably a year. And I just don't do it. I just don't. I set an alarm. I set alarms 415, 420, 425, 430. <laughs> I set them all. I choose the alarm tone. I have like this motivational thing that's on my phone that it, it kind of yells at me or gets me going. But I've learned how to not let that motivate me enough to get out of bed in the morning. There are many, many, many times that I've said, I want to get up at this time, and then I just don't. And I just snooze, and it keeps going and going and going. And the frustrating thing about that, and this gets back into the second summer, achieving success, is because I used to wake up early. During my bench press story, I was out the door at 4 a.m. Yeah. Right. I was I was leaving my house. Nobody was making me do that. You look at it now and you say, why can't I just do that? I know I have the ability. It's just is it important enough for me to do it? And I could do so many different things in the morning. I can get my workout in and get that out of the way. And I'll oh, by the way, I'll start my day feeling even better. There's just so much benefit that could come from waking up a little earlier. I could work out. I could read. I could eat a better breakfast. I could do all this other stuff that I say that I don't have time for, but I just don't make the time for it. But back to the second summit philosophy of something that is going to be harder now than it was before waking up and the weight loss. Right? I used to walk around at 185, so I need to reachieve those things. And that's a little harder for me to wrap my mind around. So I'll be honest with you. I'm a little bit nervous about telling everybody that I want to wake up earlier and having that accountability on me because I don't want to just set myself up for a failure and say that I know 
that there are going to be days where I just don't wake up early. But that's it's very likely that there are going to be days where I don't meet that goal. That's that's a very important part of any journey of self-improvement is sharing honestly when we don't do what we set out to do, when it doesn't work the way we want it to. Because a problem shared is a problem cut in half. You just made that goal real, but you also invited us in. And we all can empathize with wanting to do something, especially something we used to do and not getting it done. So you're not alone on that mission. And I'm glad that you uh, got a little vulnerable. And it'll be interesting to track these situations as we go. Those are the goals I'm ready to tackle here on the Second Summit podcast with you, Al. What do you have for us? Well, it's funny because I recently realized that for the first time, maybe in my life, I realized that major success at work, right now anyway, is not a major goal of mine. It's not where my main focus is right now. My bills are paid. My life is okay. So sure, could I use more money, more success? I could. And will I jump on it if I can? Yes. But my main goal in life right now is that my family is extremely mentally healthy. My daughter's mental health, my wife's mental health, and my mental health are the most important things on my mind. Basically everything I do, I'll go on these hikes that I've been going on. I did make it to the, I mentioned in the last podcast that I wanted to make it to the top of White Cat Mountain by the time we talked. And I did on 4th of July morning. And I'll tell you, that's great for my mind and my body going on these hikes by myself. I'm willing to do that because it really does make me in stronger mental health. And that's where I know I need to be. That's where my family is best off. That being my number one goal, having a daughter, having another daughter on the way, we really need to constantly work our mental health. I want my family to know that I'm here for them, that I understand mental health can be difficult. And I want to regularly make sure I'm checking in on their mental health. That is my overall goal for my entire family. And it's something I focus on. I try to look at my energy like a cup full of water and know that I only have so much of it. And I try these days to be very, very cautious about where I pour my water to make sure that when I get home and I want to use that energy for what's really important to me, I'm not pouring from an empty cup. I have a certain amount of energy and I need to only use that where it's most important. So that's my overall goal my biggest long-term goal that i'm really trying to achieve by christmas i'm i'm moving slowly with it because it's a bit of a slow process but i really want to bring a recovery network to our small town in guildford that's how i feel like i can make an amends to my community it's part of my heartbeat now recovery seeing the light come on in somebody else's eye again it's a good place for me to pour my water because it heals my soul and my spirit on a level that I can't even tell you. So that's a major long-term goal of mine that I absolutely will stop at nothing to make happen. I want there to be somewhere around here. Right now, to find good positive recovery, you really need to travel really at least an hour from our small town. But I want to bring that to Guilford. That's something that I really, really want that's most important to me. Now, as far as shorter term goals go, 
Well, I got the cigarettes, so that would have been a goal, but the cigarettes are, they're gone. I, I intend for them to stay gone. They've been gone for, oh, I don't even know anymore, Dan. Three, four months, would you say? Yeah, I'd say that's probably pretty close. I've lost track, and I don't think about them that often anymore. Oh, here and there, but I'm not going backwards on those. Another big one that I got to get taken care of is soda. So far, I'm doing pretty good at the moment of switching from Mountain Dew to Diet Pepsi. Now, I've heard a lot of people say, well, that's just as bad for you. But the thing is, is Mountain Dew has 170 calories in it, and Diet Pepsi has zero. So I'm trying to get myself weaned onto this idea of not drinking any calories. And if I don't drink any calories, it's just moving my diet in the right direction. I do not want to quit smoking to gain a bunch of weight, which is what's going on right now. I don't want to trade one unhealthy habit for another unhealthy habit. So not drinking soda, improving on my diet, and doing the workouts that you give me when I say I'm going to do them. Not putting them off, not saying thunderstorm. I feel much better on this podcast being able to tell you, hey, Dan, I did it, and being able to tell you how I did it, and being able to tell you what it was like, rather than having to tell you, "Uh, no, I didn't get it in, it was thunderstorming. So that's another big one. I'd say those right now, those are my goals. That's where I'm at. I want everybody to hear me say those so that, again, accountability. They're out there. Those are my goals, and I intend on reaching them. That's awesome. And I, and I do want to touch back on the, the mental health thing, because I think that that's so interesting. I didn't see that one coming. I think that our generation, the people that are about, you know, in our 35 year old range, I think we're really the first generation to have our eyes open to mental health as being something that's been a problem for a very long time. We're dealing we're dealing with that in the Navy. You've probably heard of the statistic 22 veterans suicides every day. I've been at commands where we've had suicides. It's something that's gone on for so long that it's hard. And I don't think people know what to do about it. And I think that the answer isn't that complicated. I think we just need to talk about it. We need to be aware that it's an issue and that we need to be able to support each other through that. And I think that we're really the first generation that is diving onto that issue and attacking it and saying something needs to change. Look, there's a problem here. Let's change it. So I think that's a really good philosophy that you have there, Al. Mental health is number one priority. And on the same token of that, with your hiking, we would love to see some pictures. We've got that new Facebook page up. We've got Instagram. So if you can share those pictures with us from your hikes, I think that would be really awesome. I think people would be interested in seeing that. Oh, I got some beautiful pictures. I got some great pictures. Getting out there and getting hiking, I'll tell you, it's a great way to get exercise and feel good. I don't think the value of doing something that is good exercise and also really makes you feel connected with your spirit can possibly be overstated. My wife said to me, because sometimes I get on top of these mountains, way out in remote areas, I get on top of the mountain, I have pretty good service. you know. Mm-hmm. And my wife said to me, I love talking to you when you're on top of these mountains, because you're just so excited. You're so full of energy and full of life. You wouldn't necessarily think that after I just did a hard climb. And for someone in my level of shape, a, you know, a three-mile hike one way is quite a climb you know and i'm worn out but i feel so amazing you can find what makes you feel connected and do it 
I'm a very big proponent of that. What makes your spirit and soul feel good? I'm not talking about necessarily being religious. And hey, if religion is what does it for you, more power to you. But it doesn't have to be. But find something that makes your soul and your spirit feel good. That's a strong piece of advice I would give to anybody. Well, I think that's very good advice. So now we've talked about our goals and we've kind of laid it out there. We've kind of set this path, this vision. I think another important topic is how do you know if you're going off of the path? What do you think about that, Al? Well, I think that can be different for a lot of people. And one thing that certainly never ceases to amaze me in my time of watching people go off the path, watching people say relapse, is you can't necessarily pick who's on their way off the path and who is never going to go off the path. You don't know what's in someone's heart. And this is why it's so important to self-identify this. I don't think anybody else can do it for you. And not if you're sharing honestly, they might be able to. But even then, if you're sharing honestly, you must be kind of identifying that you're going off the path. I think you would have to be very close to that person to, number one, notice that they're going off of the path because you have to know their path. That means you need to know them very, very well. Additionally, when we do see that, I see a lot of people that that know someone's gone off of the path, but then we don't we don't help them get back on the path because I'm so close to this person and they've let me in to this space of their goals and their dreams and everything. And I want to be supportive and I know what their path is. And I see that they're, they're off it a little bit. They're off their path. They're not doing exactly what I think that they really want to do, but I'm not going to say anything because I want to be supportive. There's a term for that. It's called co-signing their bullshit. (laughs) I really like that term. And I think it's part of the reason why I have trouble having a workout buddy is because when I work out by myself, there's nobody there to co-sign my bullshit. As a matter of fact, you're there figuratively. I'm not even actually talking to you. I'm almost putting myself as you calling me out rather than somebody saying, well, yeah, it is thunderstorm. Yeah, it is. So you agree we shouldn't work out? Yeah. Do you agree? Okay, good. We won't work out. It's a very easy thing to do. One of the ways you can notice you're getting off the path is you start falling into these old habits, these habits that you've come out of. If you say lost a lot of weight, and you're going down this road and you feel great and you used to gorge on lots and lots of junk food. And that was your difficulty. That was where you really had your struggle was with gorging. You don't start in gorging. You don't dive off the path yet. But you notice you're veering off the path because today you decided that you're going to buy a bag of peanut M&Ms when you're in the store. Or you're at the grocery store. You only went in there to buy your healthy food, and you bought all your healthy food just like you do, but you bought that bag of peanut M&Ms. When you were really succeeding at losing weight and going, you weren't buying any peanut M&Ms. You're not gorging. You're not gaining tons of weight. There's no reason to beat yourself up, but it's a good indicator, hey, I'm falling back into old habits. Why? I'm slipping just a little bit. And that those is when you ask those questions. What's my plan? Do I have a plan not to get back to gorging? Do I think buying bags of candy, impulse buying is a good way to stay from falling back into that habit? What do I need to change? That's a really cool analogy. And I want to stick with it for just a second. So what happens in that analogy to those peanut M&Ms? Do we walk by them, we see them, and we just 
throw him in the cart with no hesitation and we don't think about it? I don't think so. I think the way those peanut M&Ms get in our cart is we walk by and we look at them and we have a thought. And that thought is, man, I like peanut M&Ms. And then we have another thought that says, yeah, but I'm on this diet and I really shouldn't. And I have another thought that says, but I've been on the diet for a while and I'm doing pretty good. I deserve those peanut M&Ms. And the point here is that there is a decision to make in that you have to be self-aware to see what decisions you're making and how those impact your goals. The best way to know if you're off the path is to have a good map of that path. Yes. You have to know where you are on that map. And the way to keep on that path is to make this deliberate effort to stay on the path and keep following the trail that your map has for you. That's the goal. That's the way. It's it's an interesting conversation on how to avoid getting off the path in the first place. Because we who need to improve, we who are trying to make an extreme improvement, we have this thing where we're comfortable in chaos. This is where we sit. We didn't get to be 400 pounds or become a four-pack-a-day smoker or become a raging alcoholic. We didn't get to be this way because we didn't find some comfort in this chaos. So one thing that I have always found interesting about myself, something that I am so diligently navigating this time, is I have this way of declaring victory. It's something we talked about earlier with goals and deciding you've reached your goal. And Dan, you've known me for a long time. It's really almost more true than I'd like to admit. If you find me laying on the floor all by myself, eating out of a tuna fish can, it's almost the time that you know you don't have to worry about me. Because that's when you know, oh, this is Al. He's getting ready to pick himself up, dust himself off. He's going to go back for it. He's going to pull himself out of this hole. It's when you find me succeeding. It's when on the surface, everything looks like it's going great. When I'm making money, I got a good job. I'm, I'm looking like I'm in pretty good shape. Life seems happy. That's when it's time to worry about me. That's when there's a good chance I'll get complacent. That's when I'll start moving forward. And that's how I get off the path. Is when I declare victory. When I say, well, no more work needs to be done on me. I'm not overweight. I'm not struggling for anything. Life is good. I am the proverbial fat and happy. When it looks like everything's going great for me, that's when you need to worry about me. And that's why I need to make sure I don't get off the path. If I stop working, don't stay focused. I don't stand still, Dan. I'm either going forward or backwards all the time. And I know that about myself. I've learned that about myself. And I would argue that's true about most people too. Maybe the rate of acceleration might change. I truly believe that every action that you take, you're either building yourself or you're tearing yourself down. We've talked about how to know if you're off the path. And we've kind of talked about how to avoid it. So for you, it sounds like not declaring that victory. And that goes kind of back to our goal discussion about having it be a temporary goal because a temporary goal is one that you that you achieve you've done it you can say that you've succeeded at it and you're done with it a good goal that we've defined here on this podcast is one that you live and i think the only thing that we haven't really covered 
as far as being off the path is what to do when you find yourself off the path. We've talked about how to identify that you are off the path. We've talked about how to avoid being off the path. We've kind of talked about how it happens that you get off the path. What we haven't talked about yet in depth is now what? What are we going to do next? And that's the question that you have to ask yourself when you're off the path. When you notice that you're picking up that bag of peanut M&Ms. I would so strongly try to tell anybody, don't bleed until you're wounded. This is why we do this stuff together. When you can recognize I'm off the path, I need to get back on the path. Do everything you can to not wait until you've completely fallen apart to move back onto that path. It's something we touched on before, and we'll probably touch on it again because these are the things that we believe in with every bit of everything we have. Turn and walk back towards that path. You don't have to hit rock bottom. You can just stop right here and move back towards that path. We talked about last time, the first thing that you do when you find yourself off the path is you stop moving away from that path. Stop walking away from it. Everyone's heard the analogy, when you find yourself in a hole, the first thing you do is you stop digging. Same, Uh Same deal. Now, there are going to be times in life when maybe my goal was too aggressive. Maybe through trying to achieve my goal, I've found out it's not a goal that I really want. It's not a goal that's good. And it's okay to find another path. I think when you find yourself off of the path, the very first thing is you stop walking around. You stop moving. If you don't know where you are in the woods, you stay where you are. Yes. So important. And then you can really evaluate where you're at. Say, well, is this path really leading where I want to go? If it is, which hopefully it is because you made a good goal in in the first place, then do everything you can to climb back up on that path. But if that path isn't going to take you where you want to go, then it is perfectly acceptable to find a new path. And it takes a lot of courage to admit, yeah, maybe that goal was too aggressive, too hard. Maybe it's not the right time for me right now, but this other path is the way to go. Change is scary. Change takes time. It takes effort. And you don't always make the right decision the first time you decide to change. The decision that matters is you knew you needed to change and you started trying to change. I definitely agree with that. Just because you decided to change and didn't like where you were headed doesn't mean you give up on the whole thing. It means maybe you just need to change your path. And that is certainly okay. Well, we've been going here for a while, so I want to take this opportunity to go ahead and announce your workout for the week. okay i can imagine what you got so we've put our podcast out there we've published we've had a few listens and that's and it's awesome some of the feedback that we got one one person asked us if we could go into some workouts that you know they say i'm not sure really what to do with this COVID 19 i can't get to the gym the world is your gym okay gravity (laughs) and body weight can get you so far this workout that i've created for al i do use some weights so if you have a couple dumbbells that's really all you need if you have a medicine ball that'll work if you have a kettlebell that's even better if you don't maybe you've got a backpack and you can throw some heavy books or some rocks in that backpack and you can use that like a kettlebell or or really anything there are so many things you can substitute here we go and if you guys have any questions on that 
I'm going to give you my contact information here uh, at the end of the episode. So stand by for that and you can reach out. All right. So we're going to start off with a light warm up for you, Al. I want you to do three minutes of jump rope. And I know Alan has a jump rope, so that's no problem. How's that jump rope? How's that jump rope treating you, Al? I get about probably six, maybe seven on a good one. Then I stammer up on it. I'm getting better and better. Me and that jump rope right now don't really like each other that much. But we continue. We work at it. We're working at our friendship. All right. Well, you get three minutes on this workout to come to some kind of agreement. Now, for those of you that don't have a jump rope, uh, you can do jumping jacks. You can also go for a light jog. The idea of the warm up is that you just get your blood pumping. Maybe you start sweating lightly. You don't want to exert yourself so much that you don't have anything left in the tank for your actual workout. So once you're done with your warm up, we're going to get into it. And we're going to start right off going right after it. 10 burpees, 10 dumbbell or kettlebell or backpack swings. So that's uh, you start off in the squatting position with the kettlebell in between your legs and you lift it up. And you really want to focus on moving the weight with your hips on there. Your hips thrust forward. And that moves the weight up. It's not a shoulder raise. 10 thrusters. So a thruster is you're going to hold two dumbbells or you're going to hold your backpack with both hands, both of the straps, and you're going to get down into a squat position. When you come up to the top of your squat, you're going to press that backpack over your head. And that's a thruster. From there, we're going to do 10 squats. Then we're going to do 10 push-ups, And we're going to finish it off with a 30-second plank. Yeah. <laughs> you get to repeat that four times. Four times. Yeah. Through. I figured you'd say four. I was hoping for three, so I figured you'd say four. <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting. And I already committed to you guys that one of my main goals is to do the workout that I say I'm going to do. This is a good one. I know I can do it. Anybody out there, I encourage you to come along with me. Come along on this ride with me. Work out with me. Let's, let's do them. We get back together. Let's talk about how they went. I want to hear from you. I want to know how your workout went. If this is too much for you, modify it a little bit. This goes back to setting reasonable goals. An awesome goal is to be able to do this workout. If it's completely unrealistic, do what is realistic. What Dan likes to do to me, where I can't do the last set, where I am just basically dying on the very last set. So if this becomes too much, put it down to where you're dying on the last set. Work hard, and let's see what we can do together. Yeah, definitely. And when you do your workout, let us know about it. Post it. We've got a Facebook page now. We're at Second Summit Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. We also have an email address now. We're Second Summit Podcast at gmail.com. So reach out to us. If you have anything that you want us to cover, topics, workouts, questions for us, we would love to get as much feedback as we can. So like our Facebook page, follow us, share our stuff right on there. Let's let's get after this together, guys. We're all in this together. We believe in you. I know you believe all in right. me. Well, I think that about wraps it up here. Next podcast, we're going to talk about accountability and how that is so important to achieving our goals. So like I said, please... Email us, Second Summit Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Second Summit Podcast. Find us on Instagram at Second Summit Podcast. So this is Dan and Al from the Second Summit Podcast signing off. We'll see you here next week, and we'll all be a little bit better.